You can be seated. The Lord bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Praise God. Where's Jordan at? Jordan? Yeah, I thought you were over there. Tonight's tonight. Yeah, you're going down in Jesus' name. Every one of your sins are going to be completely washed away. Yeah. It's an exciting thing in Jesus' name. Praise God. Is that your, your parents or is this grandparents? Oh, you look like her father. You're not that old, are you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, a, it's an honor to have you folks here tonight. Amen. How many? 20? My goodness. How many greats? All right. This is awesome, isn't it? Amen. And so she's your granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, you got a wonderful granddaughter. You really do. And we are, like I said, we are honored to have you tonight. It is absolutely. And so you brought your own little cheering section, huh? That's okay. That's good. And so when the service, when this portion of the service is over, we're going to go in the back. We have a baptismal back there. People can gather around it. This is actually a celebration for us. It is. Having somebody go down in the water in Jesus' name, baptism, is an absolute. Praise God. It is. And so we are absolutely honored to have you. Praise God. We got folks in the back there. Are you with this crew or you just, you just came for the ride, huh? That's all right. Well, we're honored to have you folks tonight. We're glad that you're here. Church, give these wonderful people a good round of applause. Come on. We're privileged to have them. In the name of Jesus. It is. It is absolutely an honor to have you folks tonight, and I'm just, just very glad that you are here. Let me just give you a few th encouraging words in Jesus' name, just, just so that we can kind of get, um, you know, uh, a bearing on what's happening in Jesus' name. I, I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate what he brings to this thing, and, and, and I am so, so glad, praise God, that we, we can come together and we can get into his word. We can understand how he feels about things, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Thing. We got lots of examples in scripture for this to happen in Jesus name. Praise God. I am going to switch gears tonight a little bit and with the help of the Lord I'm going to help you to see something. Praise God. Everybody say love. love. The Bible says in, in chapter 3 of the book of John, the gospel of John is probably one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. It says maybe somebody can help me with it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? Isn't that wonderful? I'm telling you right now, that really does describe God. That really does. He loves us so much. And as I've been teaching this church, what God does is he makes himself available to people. You must understand, God, as great and as powerful as he is, he could make people do stuff. He could. That's how powerful he is. But God chooses not to do that. What God does is he'll disclose all of the facts. He'll disclose all of the things to us. And then he lets us make up our mind. Praise God. But I, I love the language of love. I really do. I believe that, that, that love speaks very, very loudly. And tonight I want to give you a couple of, maybe an, an example or a couple of them in the scripture of how, how the love of, how love just will speak and how it'll, it'll actually, in my opinion, it'll 
rise up above everything in, in, in Jesus' name. And, and really, really, if you sum all of this up, what we're feeling tonight, the celebration, the praise, all of that is made available to us because God loved us. Amen. Sister Carnahan, get first, first John, first John on the screen here. And I want to show you something here that I think helps us to understand, you know, where we're at a lot of times. First John chapter number four is where I want you to meet me there. First John chapter number four. And let me, let me show you something here. I'm going to start reading in verse number seven. First John chapter number, uh, chapter number four and verse number seven. Uh, those of you that don't have Bibles, you can see it on the screen there, so it'll be available for you that you can, you can see what this is in Jesus' name. Listen to what it says. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. Doesn't that make sense? It does, doesn't it? Let us love one another, for love is of God. And it says, Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Amen. You must understand, you and I couldn't come up with this. This is something that we must get from God. And then it goes on to say in verse number 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Amen. And the word love there in the Greek is agape. And that's a love that doesn't have any strings attached. God's not, he's not waiting for you to do something or to become something or, or to quit doing something. God makes or allows his love to become available to us right where we're at in Jesus' name. And a lot of times that's what we feel from God. That's what we sense, praise God, is we sense something that really wants us to be here. We sense something that really wants me to, to succeed in life and so on and so forth. And a lot of this stems out of the love of God, that God loves us so much, amen, that he, that he will make these thoughts known to us into our lives. But the Bible says in verse number 9 there, let me move on here, it says, and in this was manifested the love of God towards us. It says, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. See, one of the things that God did is he didn't just say something. He demonstrated something. And that's really what that scripture, um, the one that we quoted together just a minute ago, really is all about. That God so loved the world that he demonstrates this by sending his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know about you guys, but man, that's quite an offer that God's making to us. Amen. Now, this isn't something that God is going to force anybody to do, but I'm going to tell you something right now. That, that offer is an across-the-board thing. Praise God. That word world there is not talking about streams and mountains and stuff like that. It's talking about people like you and I. And I'm, one of the hopes that I have here tonight is that we can begin to hear that love language that God is beginning to speak to us. And he does. He, he makes himself available to everyone, praise God. And he wants you to understand that it's, it's, it's not something that has any strings uh, attached. It's just something that he, he makes, or let me put it this way, he initiates the first move. Amen. That's what he's doing. And a lot of you are sensing that tonight, praise God, that God is reaching for you in Jesus' name. Why don't you do this again? And just if, if you don't want to, that's fine. But maybe some of you just close your eyes and maybe lift up both of those hands again and just begin to reach to God in, with that in mind now, that God really does want to touch you, that God really does want to heal you, that God really does want to communicate to you. Come on. Once you begin to figure that out, I'm going to tell you something. That makes all the sense in 
the world in the name of Jesus. And I thank God for that. I thank that God that He is doing that. Praise God. That He is the one that's reaching us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Come on, can you sense that? I can too. I'm going to tell you something right now that God really does. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, he's not making this up. This is what he lives for, praise God. It's for you and I, amen. And he makes that love available to you and I in Jesus' name. But here's a kicker. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, herein is love, not that we love God. The Bible says, but that he loved us and set his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Basically, what God did was he brought something into this world to appease sin. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why it's so important. That's why if you come to a church like this, you're going to hear the name of Jesus a lot. Amen. And it's because we exalt him, praise God. We're glad. We're glad because you and I, we weren't lovable. We, we didn't have anything to offer to God. And this is what makes his love so powerful, is that God didn't wait for you and I to have something to offer. He didn't come, you know, and waiting and stomping his feet and say, hey, if these people will become good enough, then maybe I might approach them. No. What you're feeling here tonight is you're feeling the authentic power of God that says, I want, I want you to know that my love is available to you right now. Oh, hallelujah. And believe me, love can conquer all kinds of things. It really can. Love can conquer all kinds of things. And if you're here tonight and you need a touch from God, you need to be healed, you need direction, I'm telling you right now, love has brought it to you tonight. Love has brought it right into this place for you to grab a hold of, and you don't have to go home the same way, praise God. You can go home a different person in Jesus' name. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that you and I, we can understand this. We can grasp a hold of this. I mean, I, sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the love of God. But the bottom line is what I have to, what I have to really understand first is that God makes his love for me. Basically, let me just put it this way. God is making the first move. Come on. God is making the first move. Amen. Now it's up to us what we want to do with it in Jesus' name. And so you think about that as I, as I finish the rest of this story in Jesus' name. There's a story that's told in 1 Kings. I'm going to bring your attention there. And, and I told you, I, I feel like that love has a language. Love has a voice, praise God, that sometimes we can, we can sense. And I'm hoping here tonight, praise God, that, that there's some people in here that will begin to sense the voice of love as God brings it to you. And, and it'll become clearer and clearer and clearer. And pretty soon, praise God, you're going to begin to respond to it in the name of Jesus. And it's a beautiful story, folks. Amen. Love is going to go on and on and on and on. The scripture says that, that there's three elements in the kingdom of God that we need to come in contact with. One of them is faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is. Having faith in God is just beginning, is, is the beginning stages of trusting him, knowing that he has everything in hand. And then when he begins to tell you something um, through his word, then you begin to respond to that. And the best way that you can respond to to God's word is the same way that Jordan is responding to it tonight. 
she's being baptized in the name of Jesus. You see, you can find this in the Scripture. The Scripture teaches us that the will of God is for us to be baptized. And so as we begin to respond to God's Word, I'm going to tell you something. You can expect that love, that love language to become louder and louder and louder. And pretty soon that is going to be the major motivating fact in your life. Amen. You're going to learn and I'm going to learn how to love like God does. Amen. With no strings attached. And we're going to be able to be able to do things with the help of the Lord like we've never had before in Jesus' name. But there's a story that's told in the book of 1 Kings. And the, book, uh, the books of Kings are, are interesting books. It really, they're history books. They're, they talk about the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel is an, int- is an interesting study. Let me put it to you this way. You know, the nation of, int- uh, the nation of Israel was a lot like we are in, during this time. They were up and then they were down. Come on, somebody say that with me. They were up. And then they were down. And I'm not exaggerating. That's just how it went with them. I kind of think I'm talking to some people tonight that know exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah. You can get up some days and it just seems like everything's like, it's like a domino effect. Things, you get up and things are just working out fine. And the only prayer that you have that day or maybe the only suggestion that you have that day is, I just hope this goes on forever. But really, realistically, folks, that's Hollywood land. It doesn't. Life is full of ups, and it's full of downs. That's just what it is. But at this particular time in, in Israel's history, they were up. And they had a king, and his name was Solomon. And Solomon is an interesting character. One of the things that Solomon prayed for, you know, it tells us that the Lord appeared to Solomon twice in a dream. Amen. And one of the times that that God appeared to Solomon, he kind of gave him a blank check. How would you like to have God appear to you tonight and say, anything you want, you can have? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I think it would. Amen. If God opened up his billfold and said, how much? Wow, that'd be something, wouldn't it? Well, that King Solomon, that's the opportunity he had. He was going into, um, into uh, rulership. He was going to be the man in charge. And he needed some help. And God was willing to give him some help. Amen. I'm telling you. And if you're here tonight and you need some help and you realize that, I want you to know right off the bat that God is, he is wanting to give you some help like you've never had. Amen. And so here's Solomon, you know, and he's, he's realizing that, man, there's probably going to be some days that I really need some help. And so God says, hey, what do you want? And Solomon being a wise man, you see, the Bible refers to Solomon as, as the wisest man that ever lived. And wisdom is a great thing. Wisdom is the thing that can help us to apply knowledge to the right place. And so here's Solomon, and he needs help. And so God gives him that offer. What do you want from me, Solomon? And I don't know how long it took Solomon to answer that, but he came up with, in my opinion, the right answer. He said, Lord, I need some wisdom. I need your help. I need help because I'm going to be called upon to judge people. I'm going to be called upon to, you know, to to mediate between some things and whatever the case is. And all the money in the world wouldn't help me there. Boy, I hope somebody can receive that here tonight because our world, our culture is really a lot about that, isn't it? You know, if you got money and you got possessions, it just kind of seems like you got, you know, you got life by the tail, don't you? But so many of us really realize, praise God, that that's not all it is, isn't it? 
And so that's what love will do. Love sometimes will help us to understand that there are some things that are more important, praise God, than that. And so in the case of Solomon, this is exactly what happened, praise God. He prayed for God to give him wisdom, and guess what? He got it. God did not renege, praise God. And that's why I'm telling you, you know, it's important for us to hear what God is saying. It's important for us to understand that God is reaching for us. And the way that God reaches for us is through the avenue of love, praise God. That's what he does, amen. Another uh, element in the, in the New Testament that you find that's very important is something called hope. You got faith and hope. Now, faith is something that can happen right now. Really, with the help of God, through faith, we can get a hold of something right now. Because the scripture uses the term now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But, but hope is a future thing, praise God. You know, I want to make heaven my permanent home. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, I hope in that. Because that hasn't happened yet. Amen. But the Bible says that the greatest of these elements is not faith and not hope but it's charity or love. And so consider that in Jesus' name, and God will give you understanding in Jesus' name. Now, the story that I want you to, to think about tonight um, uh, um, is in the third chapter of the book of 1 Kings. I'm going to start around verse number 16. And it has to do with some people that are having some trouble in Jesus' name. Now, watch this. The scripture says in verse 16, Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. Now, this is after Solomon got his wisdom, okay? And the Bible says, and the one woman said, oh, my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. And I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered, the scripture says that this woman was delivered also. So you catch the story? Both of them are having children, newborns. Amen. That's a pretty, pretty exciting thing, isn't it? Amen. I still can remember, you know, um, back in 1974, praise God, right before the new year, I can recall, you know, that my oldest daughter that, that, um, that, you know, was being born, praise God, and it was an exciting time in my life, praise God, along with my other two kids. There is nothing, praise God. I, I'm, not as, I'm not like you. I, got, I only have 10 grandchildren, but I'm coming. I'm coming for you, okay? Not really. I'm going to have to adopt a few. That's the way, what it is. But the bottom line is, praise God, I like grandchildren. I don't know about you, but if I'd have, thought, if I'd have known that grandchildren were going to be so much fun, I'd have never had any kids. I'd have just had grandkids. Yeah, that's what I'd have done. But I'm going to tell you something, the excitement of that, you can imagine. But listen to the story, praise God. The scripture says, there was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. Tragedy. Yeah. And I, I hope I don't offend anybody by this story, but that, that's a tragedy. One of those children died. And the scripture says, and she arose at midnight, and she, and took my son, I'm sorry, and this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaiden slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And the scripture says, and when I arose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, it says, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, now listen to this, you got to get this. The other woman said, nay, that's not, that's not how it went. 
The other woman said, wait a minute. It says, but the living is my son, and the dead is, my, is, in, is thy son. And this, said, and this said, no, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. You see what's happening here? He said, she said. Amen. And that's really what's happening here. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to belittle the tragedy, folks, but it's obvious, praise God, that the, the child that died was not, was not both of their children. Amen. Now, here you are the king. You're judging. They're, see, you're kind of the supreme court for these people. And so whatever you say goes. Amen. And so here they are bringing this plight to the king. Amen. And remember what the king asked the Lord for, wisdom, right? Yeah, never forget that, praise God. And so God's going to begin to deliver this in abundance. Amen. There are some of you that are facing, the reason I'm using this example and, and making such a big deal around it is there are some of you in this place right now that you're making decisions or you're going to have to make some decisions and you need the wisdom of God. You need the help of God to see things a whole lot clearer. And I want you to understand that that's one of the things that love speaks is that love is going to, is going to help you to understand that you can get a hold of this wisdom and you can begin to make some decisions that will make sense for you in Jesus name see what Jordan is doing tonight amen she had to decide to do this we didn't knock on her door and we didn't say hey you better do this or else this is something that she decided to do and I'm going to tell you something I believe that kind of wisdom came from God I don't believe that, and I'm not putting her down, but I don't believe she was capable of making that kind of a decision. But aren't you glad that the love of God that was sent into this world can help us to make up our minds the way God wants it to? I'm here to tell you what's happening to her is available to each and every one of you. Come on, why don't you lift your hand right now, and why don't you ask God to give you some of that wisdom in the name of Jesus? Oh, Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Now, let me demonstrate this, and remember what I'm talking about tonight. When love speaks, boy, when love speaks, you can hear it very, very, very loud. And this wise king, in my opinion, that's what he's looking for. Because you've got to understand, this is before they had DNA testing. This is before he could, you know, swab each one of them, send it to the, you know, send it to the, um, uh, to the laboratory, and within, within, you know, an hour or so, they'd know who the rightful one was. But we're not talking about that kind of time. We're talking about a time way, way, way before that. So this king who asked God to give him wisdom was really depending on the wisdom of God. And you got to catch this because he's going to come at it at an angle that nobody was expecting. Nobody was expecting, because I believe that, that King Solomon wanted to hear love cry. Amen. Now, let's go into the story again. Now, you got it now. One is saying, that's my child. The other one's saying, no, that's my child. And I don't know how long this went on, but you can imagine the audience that day or the people that were around the throne room, they're going, how's he going to figure this one out? Whoa, how's he going to get to the crux of this matter? 
Amen. But I'm telling you, when you begin to employ God, when you begin to accept what he wants to give to you, I'm going to tell you something. You come up with more than just a secret weapon. You come up with something, praise God, that can get right down to where the nitty gritty is. And I'm here to tell you, I got a feeling there's a few people sitting under the sound of my voice that that's the kind of relationship you need from God. You need God to come in and help you to understand some things. And I'm here to tell you that that's available in the name of Jesus. That is absolutely available here tonight in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So here's the king in verse 23. Look at this. Then said the king, the one saith, this is my son that liveth and thy son is the dead. And then he goes, and the other saith, nay, but thy son is the dead and my son is the living. So the king is reiterating and he's saying, she says it's hers. She says it's hers. You know, I mean to tell you, that's the way it was. And so the king shocked the crowd, praise God. My wife, before she... Um before we came out here, she was a deputy sheriff. You'd never think of that if you would have been in the business meeting today, would you? Yeah. And one of the positions that she had was she had she was the position of a um, of a bailiff. And one of the judges, I never forget, um, she worked first shift and I worked second shift during those days. And so I would come up and visit her and sometimes I would go into the courtroom when they presented because I thought the courtroom was an interesting place. I really did. I thought it was a very interesting place. And she uh, was a bailiff under the judge. His name was Dagnan. And he was a real, real, real different guy. A neat guy. I remember him inviting me into his chambers and, and talking to me. And I think the only reason he was talking to me was because of her. But the bottom line, he was a neat guy. But I'll never forget one time. He did this. And from what I understand, he did it not on a regular basis, but he did it often enough. And what he would do is if he had a case with somebody, say somebody who had committed a crime and it was, you know, it was pretty evident that the person did it. And the person who did it was kind of had a bad attitude. He would do this. He would close his books and he would say, I want you to come up here, right here. I want you to come up before my bench. And he would literally do that. And I watched it one time and I saw a couple of lawyers, man, where they're going, what's this guy doing? And I'll tell you what he would do. Amen. Is he would shock sentence people. Literally, he's done that. He's done that several times. Well, the guy isn't alive anymore. But he did that several times. And what he would do is he would just say, we're done with this. We're done with this, this hearing right now. I am I'm sentencing you to 30 days in the penitentiary. And he would literally take, and that person would go to the penitentiary. And then after the 30 days was over, he would allow the person to come back. And all he was really looking for was an attitude change. Now listen to me, folks. I know in our judicial system today, that's ridiculous, and you'd probably have all kinds of screams from lawyers. But in my opinion, that's wisdom. And sometimes we have to be careful how we look at wisdom because God has the end in sight. God isn't just trying to appease people for the moment. He's not just trying to get you by or to give you something that will help you to get a little bit of relief for a couple of days. God loves you. And the Bible says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. You must understand the love that God wants to give to you will carry on beyond this life. It'll go beyond a few, you know, uh, hardships that you got and it'll help you to get to heaven and I'm going to tell you something that's for eternity in the name of Jesus I'm telling you right now folks that's wisdom amen 
And so here's the king. And the king is saying, wow, she says and she says. And so she, he, he shocks kind of like, like, like Judge Dagon. He says, bring me a sword. Can you imagine what people were thinking? Bring you a what? Bring me a sword. And the Bible says that, that King Solomon, praise God, he says, bring me that sword. And then in verse 25, he knew exactly what he was going to do with that sword. He says, go ahead and divide that child up. We can't figure out whose is whose, and so we might as well just give half to her and half to her. You know, and somebody might say, is that guy crazy? No, because Solomon had enough wisdom to understand that true love was going to begin to speak. And I want somebody to understand here tonight, that's what God wants to get through this. He doesn't want to just make you feel good about some bad things. He wants to really help your life begin to take shape. He wants to give you something, praise God, that nobody else can. And that is not only true forgiveness, but he can give you remission of sins. See, what's going to happen to Jordan tonight is that she's going to go down in the water in Jesus' name, baptism. And the reason that is so wise is because the scripture tells us that every sin she ever committed in her life, and I'm not counting, I'm not asking you to give me an inventory. I'm not even that interested in it. But I'm here to tell you every sin you ever committed is going to go completely out of your life in the name of Jesus. And you talk about a start over. You talk about a start over. My goodness. You don't get it any better than that. Come on, I'm talking about a God that is going to wipe off the slate. He's going to completely wipe out any debt. Oh, hallelujah. Now listen to me. That's the love of God. That's the only, that's, that only the love of God could accomplish that. And that's why we must learn to understand and to hear the love of God. The love of God is not letting us get away with everything. The love of God is saying, listen, I want to help you have a brand new life. And so because I mean it really, I really do mean it, I'm going to completely wipe off your slate. And I'm going to tell you something, that is a, that's a love language that speaks pretty loud in my opinion. Amen. For someone who doesn't have to do that. For someone who absolutely has no need of me. Amen. To make that kind of thing available. It would make sense for everybody in the world to take him up on that offer, wouldn't it? Oh, now you know what I'm getting at. Praise God. Amen. I believe everybody needs to take up God's offer, praise God. And that is to clean the slate, praise God, and God can do that. But let's get back to the story. Here it is. Solomon's saying, uh-huh. He says, well, bring me a sword, man, and we'll, we'll, we'll settle this matter and so the Bible says in Jesus, it says in this, in this text that the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. But listen to this. Look at verse 26. Then spake the woman whose living child was the real mother. The real mother. 
The Bible says in verse 26, she began to talk, she began to, to say to that king, the Bible says for her bowels, amen. That's, that's, an, that's, an, that's a Hebrew word that describes her heart. She was opening up her heart. She couldn't stand it any longer. And here her child, the real mom's child, was, was being threatened to be killed. And I'm going to tell you something, that's when love will begin to speak. And this woman spoke very loud, praise God. And she said, oh, my Lord. And I can't even give it justice. I can't imagine where she was at at that time. Oh, my Lord. Give her the living child and in no wise slay it. Do you see what she was willing to do? I'm telling you something. That's real true love. Love is willing to give some things up. Willing, love is willing to say, listen, man, just for the sake of this child, give it to the real mom. And the Bible says, but the other Come on. The other said, no, nah, no, nah, let's just, you, you got the right judgment. Just cut the baby in half. And listen to Solomon here. The scripture says, then the king answered and said, give her the living child. Yes. And in no wise slay it. And she, because why? Because love spoke. Amen. She's the real mom. Now listen to me, folks. If we as fallen creatures, we who are people who are up and we're down. People who have a boatload of baggage, if we can, in a circumstance like that, begin to cry out something of true love, what do you think God can do? Amen. What do you think that God can do? See, I'm here to tell you, my friend, it's who knows what my Lord can do. What you're seeing in this church here, um, you know, you're seeing people who used to be drug addicts. You're seeing people who used to be bound by alcohol and things of that nature. But I'm telling you right now, the love of God spoke into our hearts one day. And I'm going to tell you something. It helped us to get loose from that mess. It helped us to get untangled from that mess. Come on, I'm telling you right now, love speaks very, very loud. Oh. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. Oh, in the name of Jesus, love will speak very, very, very loud. Amen. Amen. Love will speak very, very, very loud. What you're going to have to understand is this, ain't, this is not the only time that God wants to speak that kind of thing into your life. Amen. I believe that many of you were brought into this place so that you can begin to start identifying. Amen. Start identifying what is the real true voice of love? What does God really, really, really want to do? You know, and so the king who needed wisdom, praise God. And because of that wisdom, he was, be, he was able to recognize this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. I'm going to tell you something. The love of God should eventually come to us in a way where it's a no-brainer, where we know that is God. We know without a shadow of a, shadow of a doubt, there is nobody that has ever cared for me like God. And that's what that love language will begin to speak to you. And it will begin to, to, to draw you in the name of Jesus. Let me give you this last scenario here, and then we're going to go into the back in Jesus' name. You know, love speaks, and I'm going to tell you something, it is extremely loud in Jesus' name. You can find the same thing in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, you know, Luke was, um, was, was not an eyewitness 
of, of, of Jesus Christ. And so he had to depend on a lot of information and people who were. And so the Gospel of Luke is a very, very detailed account of the life and the times of Jesus Christ. You should read it. It's a good book. Luke was a physician. I don't know if that lent itself to him being so meticulous or whatever, but the Gospel of Luke will, will describe some things that the other Gospels just didn't for whatever reason. A neat thing about the Gospel of Luke is you can go from the Gospel of Luke right into the book of Acts because Luke was the one that, that, that wrote the book of Acts too. And it's like one big huge story. But believe me, it tells us about a lot of things. And one of the places that Luke describes that a lot of other ones didn't, praise God, was in the 23rd chapter of the book of the, of the Gospel of Luke. And this is the time when Jesus himself was crucified. Amen. you got to understand, Jesus didn't deserve to get nailed to that cross. Jesus never committed any sin. There's scripture that says that Jesus, as a man, literally, was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now listen to me, folks. You talk about somebody who really didn't deserve what he got. You're in real good company when you start talking to Jesus. And so here's Jesus, and he is on that cross. And it has to be going real tough for him in the, in the physical realm, folks. You've got to understand, he was hurting. And so the Bible says in chapter number 23 and verse 32, let me show you something here. And see if you can recognize the love language again. Praise God. The Bible says in verse number 32, and there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. Now this is what Jesus, Jesus was crucified with two other people. And the Bible says in verse 33, it says, And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary. See, let me stop here for a minute. The reason, the real reason, of course, is love. Love is what presents it to us. But another one of the big reasons why Jordan is able to go down in Jesus' name baptism tonight and have every one of her sins completely washed away is because Jesus Christ shed his blood for this. I know in our world today, we don't like to hear things like that. It makes us feel bad. But listen to me, folks. It's a great story. God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, someone had to be the sacrifice for sin. And Jesus was that sacrifice. And so the scripture says, and when they were come to that place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right side and the other on the left. Amen. And the Bible says, then said Jesus, amen, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, amen. I'm telling you, even while Jesus, while Jesus was going through all of that pain, amen, he was willing to say, forgive them. That's pretty big in my opinion. That's pretty big in Jesus' name. And the rest of the story here, and I'm not going to read it all to you, but you're going to find in verse 39 that one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. And you know something? Jesus as God could have done that. He literally could have done that. He could have pulled his hand off of that cross, pulled those nails out of his feet, and he could have just jumped out of that, off of that cross and say, there, how do you like this? But you must understand that love speaks. And love demanded that there had to be a sacrifice. You see, Jesus had to die for the sins of this world. And so love was speaking to that one person who was saying, just save me now, just make everything right now. 
And so the scripture says that, um, um, uh, that, that here's one railing on him in verse 39. But in verse number 40, but the other answering rebuked him saying, Doth not thou fear God, seeing, uh, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. That's a pretty good observation in my opinion. And so the scripture says, based upon that, it says, he said to Jesus, think about this. The Bible says, Jesus, he says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And again, love's going to begin to speak, folks. Here it comes. The scripture says in verse 43, and Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I'm here to tell you folks, even when you and I are going through some of the hardest things we could ever go through, God's love is going to reach through. And I'm praying tonight, praise God, that somebody will begin to recognize that in Jesus' name. That love is speaking to you. That God, He loves you. Let me put it to you this way. God is making His love available to you tonight. Amen. And you can choose to do what the one male factor did. You can sit there and become critical. You can, become, you can you know, sit there and become selfish and all of that kind of business and tell God all the stuff that He's doing wrong. Or else you can become wise, in my opinion. Amen. I'm not talking about being able to be a judge, but I'm talking about understanding really what's going on, like the other male factor. And you can realize this man didn't deserve this. There's nothing that he ever did in life, praise God. And the best thing that I can do is just come to him and accept him in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Thousands of people just like Jordan are doing the same thing. They're coming to the realization that they are sinners, praise God. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. They're sinners saved by the grace of God. And they're realizing that, God, if I ask you to forgive me, you'll do that. But you want to do something even greater than that. You want to wipe the whole thing off, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what God wants to bring to the table for you. Not only for Jordan, but God wants to bring that to the table for you in Jesus' name. Listen to me, folks. Love is speaking. There's no question in my mind that love is speaking. Amen. And that's one of the first things, in my opinion, that God will help us to under or help us to feel. Because, man, I'm going to tell you something. You know, most of us, we can realize, man, we don't deserve what this stuff. We know what we've done. We know where we've been. You know, our little appeasement. Now, listen to me. You want to know what our appeasement is? Our appeasement is, well, I'm not as bad as they are. I'm telling you the truth, folks. That's how it worked for me. Amen. I could find a lot of folks in the world that in my estimation were a whole lot worse than I was. And so for a while, that kind of helped me. I thought, well, I'm not the, I'm not the, uh, the best of the worst or the worst of the best. But I'm going to tell you something. There was something that continually you know, just kind of gnawed at me. And that was the scripture that says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And tonight I want, to, I want you to understand that even in the midst of that type of a dilemma, love is, is, is reaching out to you and is speaking and saying, listen, I want to do something for you. I want to do something that nobody else can. And I have no alternative motive for this. Amen. You can't bring enough money to the table to pay me.
You can't promise me that you'll never ever do it again because I know better than that. All I'm asking you to do is to begin to hear my love language speak to you and begin to, uh, begin to let me begin to reach into some of those areas of your life that need to be healed, that need to be tended to, praise God. And I'm going to take care of some things that nobody else can take care of in Jesus' name. Folks, that's exactly what's going to happen to Jordan tonight in Jesus' name. In fact, what I would like to do, and we're going to dismiss here in just a few, just a, a minute or so. I am done. The wheels are down, okay? I'm landing, all right? And so what I would like to do is I would like to have Jordan come. Would you come here? This isn't too frightful for you, is it? A little, huh? Well, she's cautious, isn't she? I'm not going to hurt you. This isn't the dentist office. But I'm going to tell you something I want to pray for you. And I'm going to have a couple of our sisters come around and lay their hands on you. Would that be okay? Because right after this, I'm going to have my, uh, my wife or somebody, or maybe Sister Christy, take you back, and you can get ready for your baptism then, okay? But I want to pray for you because God's got so much for you. This is only the beginning. I'm telling you.